What up, all you beautiful misfits and rejects out there? Thank you for joining me for episode 144 of Misfits and Rejects. In today's episode, I spoke with Scheme Supreme. They are a trio of young comedians who have purchased a school bus and are designing it to live in and go around the country hitting all the major comedy hubs, working on their comedy and working towards the goal of becoming professional comedians. It's a really cool, inspirational, funny story because they're all young, ambitious, and hopeful in the desire to make it as professional comedians. We have Sebastian, David, and Chris have their unique style, and you'll hear throughout the episode, they just get along great and just have a fun time blasting each other and and making funny wisecracks. And you can really tell it's a cool trio doing something that they love and really going to give it a go, you know, throw everything into it that they have and, and set off a year from now with the bus ready to go and them all as prepared as they possibly could be to spend as long as they can on the road trying to make it as professional comedians. So if you're a first-time listener, please pull out your phone, hit that subscribe button. If you like this episode, I'd love it if you would rate it, comment on it. That really helps me in the ratings of iTunes, Spotify, whatever you're listening to this on. Not all the platforms that you're listening to this on allow you to rate it, but if you happen to be on a third-party platform like your phone has a podcast player, usually those are the apps that allow you to rate this podcast. And you can check out Scheme Supreme on YouTube or Instagram. They're doing a lot of funny skits. They have a podcast as well. And again, just like a comedic trio who are going after their dream of being professional comedians. As you'll note and hear throughout the, uh, in the intro, when I introduce them, I totally mess up and uh, introduce them as a duo, which is kind of funny. I left it in because, again, you know, this is a do-it-yourself podcast, and I'm trying to make it a successful podcast as well. And, you know, mistakes happen. So I just want to kind of show that, hey – I make mistakes. I don't just always edit things out that I mess up on, and so I left that in there for the introduction. So with that said, please sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode with Scheme Supreme. Welcome to Misfits and Rejects, a podcast about the lifestyle design of expatriates, travelers, entrepreneurs, and adventurers. I'm your host, Chapin Cruder. Enjoy. I didn't fit in America. With cocaine, there's just always too many guns and too many bad attitudes. I quit the limiting stories. Really try to overcome that fear. And right there, for any of your listeners, a lot of what I was to do in the rest of my life was formulated by the fact I just went and did it. Welcome to another episode of Misfits and Rejects. Today I'm joined by Scheme Supreme, a traveling comedic duo starting in Miami who have the intentions of building a <laughs> who have the intentions of building a van and, and going around the country and just developing their comedy and thought their story was really cool when I heard about it. So gentlemen, welcome to the show. Hey man, what's up? Hey, what's up? Hey, so who did you forget when you said you were yeah, yeah. and be honest? Which one did you forget? Please be honest. Did I say duo or trio? Duo. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. Um, well, fuck it. Can you introduce yourselves to the audience, please, just by name and, and give us, a as you go, uh, introduce yourself, give yourself a, a little bit of a, give the audience a little bit of a background. Uh, all right. I'm David. I am one third of the Scheme Supreme. Uh, once upon a time, I grew up as a little boy in Miami. And then uh, after I dropped out, no, I graduated college, realized I had no, almost no purpose in life. And then I found stand-up comedy and been slinging jokes ever since. And then I met uh, these two fellas here, Sebastian and Chris. And then we decided to try to convert a school bus and, I don't know, see the, see the country, then the world. See the country, then the world. Yeah. yeah. Embark on an epic journey. Yeah. But I'm David. I'm Sebastian. Sebastian. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, stand-up comedian in Miami. Uh, met David about four years ago. Yeah. Became boys. Met Chris shortly after that. Became the trio of boys. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, yeah, bought a school bus. That's what I'm up to. <laughs> Rad and Chris. Yeah, Chris Celio. Uh, oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, bro. Uh, <laughs> nah, so I'm Chris. I grew up in Miami. I went blind at 18 and started doing stand-up six months after that and then met up with these guys. Yeah. And now that's the rest of this history. But you always listen to comedy and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to do stand-up since I was like, yeah. like in fifth grade. Yeah. I, I like... I always love stand-up, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that would have been my next question. Like, was there a correlation between you going blind and becoming funny, or was it just something you're always passionate about? I was just bored. I was just sitting at my home, home like, after going blind and just, like, listening to a ton of comedy podcasts, and I was like, this, I want to get into this, dude. Like, I want to figure out how to do this for a living. And, I, uh, yeah, and uh, so I started writing, and then it took me, like, a month to get on stage, and once I told my first joke, I was like, Oh, I don't want to do anything else, you know? Yeah, no, that's really interesting. I was I was curious prior to um, getting to speak with you about, because comedy can be so visual, and I was wondering, you did say you went blind at 18, so you have 18 years of kind of visual references that you have to utilize within your your sets, I'm assuming. Is that kind of yeah, what? Yeah, I realize I'm going to become an old man way faster than everyone else. <laughs> My references are already super dated, you know, <laughs> like... Pretty soon, I'm just going to call every video game Nintendo again and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, individually, can you go through and just kind of describe to the audience your comedic style, please? Uh, how about we do it for each other? I, oh, yeah, I, that's that's even better. Please do it for each other. I think we'll do each other's, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, Chris. <laughs> Chris is blind, right? And uh, I think uh, everything is so crazy scary and shit when you're blind mm. that he kind of just like you have to like just kind of be cool with everything being super terrifying right and then he just makes fun of that so so you're saying he's like a terrified comedian yeah he's terrified <laughs> yeah yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. i was like that's what i'm trying to come across yeah. <laughs> yeah. chris would you say that's accurate i mean do you find your jokes kind of referencing your newfound blindness and how there's certain things that are intimidating about it for sure. Like, I definitely talk about me because I don't have, like, I'm not smart enough to talk about anything else. Like, <laughs> the, the, well, that's not true. Like, I just mean, like, the stuff I know is, like, I, and that I can bring to the table that's different than every other comic is my own stories and stuff. So I just try to tell people stories that I think they would find funny. Yeah. And what other people think about blind. being blind yeah. and it's like they're, like, totally wrong about it. Yeah. People totally miss, because they come in with this one, like, because I'm usually the only blind person they've ever seen. Yeah, there's very few. And, and they, they come in with an assumption, and I just try to sort of tear that down. What are the biggest assumptions that people are wrong about? He can play the piano. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. What about David's style of comedy? What's he like? So, yeah, David is just like, yo, oh, my God. Like, uh-huh. like, uh, I'm like a philosopher, right? Uh-huh. Oh, I think about shit. Uh-huh. Oh, like, blah, blah, blah. But then it's also like douchebag philosophy. Jesus Christ, <laughs> dude. Dude, he is painting terrible pictures. Know, dude. Nah, nah. Okay, so no, let me tell you what Seth's comedy is like. Clearly not much of a wordsmith. <laughs> <laughs> Go off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Sebastian is kind of like, you know how there's like the devil on your shoulder? Well, imagine if he had like a fat devil on his shoulder. <laughs> I, I, think, I think that like we all, especially because we became such friends, that we all have a similar style of humor, you know? Yeah. We each we each just sort of talk about what's going on in our lives in a funny way. Yeah, sometimes I just be like, so I'm blind, right? <laughs> the hardest part about that is that... I didn't, know, I didn't say anything. What is the hardest part about that? Um, not not to put you guys on blast or uh, create a little rift between you, but is there is there somebody who is, is gaining more exposure quicker based on their style? Uh, based hmm. on blindness alone, come on, I get it. I, okay, so... <laughs> Like so, like this is how it breaks down in stats wise, right? Uh-huh. Chris gets recognized more for sure. Uh-huh. I've been at the improv twice, and uh-huh. Dave has been at the improv once. Okay, but Chris has been at the improv zero times. But Chris has been at the improv zero times. we all we all kind of have like yeah. one up on each other. But who's hosting? I think I've hosted the most shows. You've hosted the most wow. shows. Yeah. It's and crazy you- how easy he got us to like, but like, no, I did this more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You uh, have the most clout. I think people think? people know you. They, right, no, no, no. I, I don't know. I think so. Yeah. yeah, like other other comics and shit. Like they they like you. That doesn't yeah. that doesn't really matter. Like you know. But here, yeah, we're at the same level essentially. Which is basically the bottom. Yeah, we're at the bottom. <laughs> now, when you guys come up with your own stuff, um, are you collaborating uh, with each other to check to see if it's funny, or is it kind of like nobody really hears your shit until you guys go up on stage? Basically. That's, that's that's the usual, and we all—it's interesting. We all sort of share that. None of us ever went. You want to write jokes? It was just like yeah. when we're hanging out, we're hanging out, you know. And then we went on stage, and and the most is like they'll be like, "Oh, that's funny," you know. And then you usually yeah. know that because you you know we trust each other. Yeah, pretty well. But also because like if one of us were to like if one of us feels the other one trying a new bit, it's just you really don't want him to feel like they succeeded. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like, if it's funny, I'll be like, oh, that's pretty good. And yeah. But I'll, my brain will pro- process, like, a crowd of people possibly mm-hmm. laughing at it. But all he feels is me being quiet. You know, <laughs> but it's like... It's like oh, a, dude, that's so true. Yeah. <laughs> I notice when you're... I'm like, God, I hope he left. <laughs> hey, do you guys mind if we talk about that for a minute? Because... Um, just you know, through the comedians that I've interviewed in the past and um, now hanging out with Magenta and hearing her stories about the different comedy scenes on the East Coast versus West Coast, it sounds like Miami's a pretty rough scene in the sense that, like you just said, like you're not really there to give each other the kind of support that they might you need. You know? <laughs> yeah. Do you remember the crabs in a bucket <laughs> analogy? Man, if there's a whole bunch of people with crabs <laughs> yeah. in a yeah. bucket. And they're all on cocaine. Yeah. Why, why is that? Why is Miami uh, comedy scene like that? What I mean, what's there to accomplish in not uh, helping each other out? I mean, it's not that we wouldn't, like, like, I'll, like you know, if, if I get a show opportunity or something, I always try to find a way to get, like, my friends into it, you know? So it's not like I'll ever, like, uh, think about ways to impede on their progress. It's more like, so that thing... It's more like a in conversation. I don't know. Maybe there's like a competitive nature to it, where like each one of us subconsciously or just aware of it just wants to be funnier. Yeah. You know? So I mean, then like if one person comes in trying something new, 
it's almost like if we were at, like at a skate park or something and your friend was going to try the new cool trick that I couldn't do in that moment or something. And it's like, yeah, I'm going to act like I'm not impressed. But I'm going to be thinking about it all night and shit. <laughs> I want to do like a trick too. I don't yeah. know. This but, is Miami. It's yeah. like, you know, Rick Ross is hustling. You know, it's <laughs> like it's, everyone here is trying to like make something and it's, everything is kind of like illegal or like a hustle yeah. or like, you know, people work like multiple jobs and they do schemes on the side. Like, yeah. But also that's like, the attitude here in general. Everyone's always trying to like, like, oh, I got a, I got a, a pyramid scheme I'm working yeah. or a thing. But you because know? there's so many things, like people are trying to pull scams everywhere. Like, yeah. There's no, there's no one closer than people in a scam together yeah, or in a scheme yeah, together, yeah, which yeah. is like our idea. The band of thieves. Yeah, and shit. yeah, yeah. So. I get it. So that's supreme scheme, like or scheme supreme. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. It is the scheme supreme. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. You say hello. No. <laughs> no, I love it. That's great. So I love that. can, oh. <laughs> can uh, each one of you then just tell the audience individually what then you do to actually make a living right now as you try to save uh, to build this bus out and hit the road? Yeah. So um, I, I I used to work at the University of Miami. I now work uh, like as a, like selling pa- like expedited passports and stuff and uh, like filling out people's applications to go to China, like China visas. Roger that. So that's Sebastian. He, you do a passport control. And David, what do you do? Uh, I work at the university just in this like business that they have there that sells research materials. What kind of research materials? Like, uh... Uh, well, that's like, it's like, I don't know, it's very broad, you know? It's like uh, things used in biochemistry mostly. And uh, I did occasionally do it. One time ketamine came in. And I was like, whoa, bro. Like, what's up? Who's out here doing like, where the horses at? <laughs> you know, I've never seen one. And someone out here. Yeah, you guys have a trial going on? Over I there, don't know, man. And then, like, a, like one time also, like somebody was using like DMT for something. You know. Wow, also, interesting. Yeah, but like you know, some like chemical name. David, all- uh, are you interested in biochemistry? Do you have a background in that, or is that just a, a job you no, fell into? It, it's a day job that I fell into through yeah. a, a connection through a friend that like that's why I have it. We like not all like three of us haven't really put much effort. No, career career wise, none of us. Well, because our our career, yeah, because we want to do the comedy thing. None of us really care about our career. Like I was working at the university for for a while just because of the same hookup, you know, and then uh, that kind of just ended, and then (laughs) (laughs) and then now I'm at a passport place. But like. Yeah, like none of us really care all that much about our careers. It's all about comedy. Well, this career. Yeah, yeah and then funding the bus. No, Roger, that mad respect. I mean, all or nothing attitude. I, I feel you on that. And Chris, can you just describe the audience what's going on with you in your life as far as work yeah. and stuff like yeah. that? I, I would like to know. <laughs> what's going on in my life? Um, I don't know. I'm full-time blind. I'm unemployed right now. Uh, Were you, did you have a job before you went blind? Uh, no, before I went blind, I uh, like I was like 18. I like first semester into college or whatever, you know. Uh, and I had really bad vision at the time. Uh, so I worked for a little bit, and now I don't. Uh, so it sounds like I mean, and, and as it would like this whole going blind thing has just completely changed your life and put it in a whole new trajectory where. Um, is it just is it hard to get a job now for you? Uh, it's for sure, yeah. People, because so that it is definitely harder. Because if you're not, 
if you're blind, it's way easier to degree uh, to get a job if you have a degree or something. You know, if you're specialized, because a degree gives them like, oh shit, look, he can do something. You know, like because going to college that is like completely viable. Blind people can do almost anything, like in clerical stuff or like uh, lawyers. And even there was a professor at my college who was blind. Uh, it, it happens all the time. Uh, but I did not go to college, you know? Yeah. I stopped to do stand-up, and uh, I... So now, like, the other day, I tried to go, just as an example of a, a type of job I could get, I tried to go to this disability services, and I was like, I would like a job. And they are like, all right, cool, we're going to ship you off to North Carolina to make boots with other blind people. <laughs> like a little elf. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No and way. Like, that, that was the only option they gave you? That was the only option they gave me, or and it was, or go back to college and get a degree. Yeah, and I was like, oh, all right. So there's no options then. Yeah, like <laughs> you could become like an accountant, like you know, a programmer, or like a programmer. Yeah. But like that's like difficult, and you'd have to like now learn how to do that blind. <laughs> Which it, it, it is completely it's doable. doable. Yeah, it's just I don't like like yeah. you know like playing video games is fun. <laughs> So when you dropped out, you didn't drop out because you went blind. You just dropped out because you're over it. And you want to be a stand-up comedian. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I haven't. School's always like. I was in and out of like surgeries and stuff, so I never even really did that much of high school. To be honest with you, I was I was pretty like. Uh, never at school. <laughs> Roger that. And then like I mean nowadays you like it's probably not necessary to read Braille, is it? I mean with all It's the... not. Oh, you're the first person to be like to actually like believe that. It's not at all. Like I I am completely like functional and using a computer and stuff, you know? Yeah. I can read websites, I have my phone talks to me. So like I am able to like if you wanted to to set like even if even if I, there was a menu in front of me, I could take a picture of it and my phone would read it to me. Wow, that's so fucking cool, dude. I love that yeah, shit. It's for sure the easiest time in the world to be a blind person. I would hate my life if I was blind in the 90s or something like that. You know? <laughs> Just like five years off? Yeah, like exactly, years off. dude. Exactly. <laughs> I am killing the game. I got Netflix at a fingertip, you know? Like, hell yeah, hell yeah. That's rad. So before we uh, started the, the podcast, you guys were talking about the time frame in which you're trying to accomplish this goal of you know building this bus out. How big is the bus? Do you mind me asking? 40 feet, right? It's like 37 feet long. So it's like a full school bus. <laughs> it is a full. Like, full, full, full like and that. it's also a flat nose, so we have a little bit more interior space. That's a pusher? Yeah, we have a pusher. Yeah. Yeah, so we have a, that means the engine's in the back. Mm, and uh, in the trunk. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 it's thick, yeah, yeah. and uh, so it's as, almost as big as it can be. It can be a little bigger if the engine in, were in the front. You can get a few more windows. Like that's kind of how they measure them by windows. But it's pretty much as big as it can be. And then, who's uh, is? Do either of you, any of you, have any skills that allow you to build this out in a in a comfortable way, or is this kind of like learning on YouTube as you go? <laughs> I was actually a skilled carpenter before. <laughs> yeah, dude, they got to make boots. <laughs> no, but zero skills. Nah, we, we, I knew what a flathead screwdriver was. My, so I knew that I could be like, get me the flathead or the not flathead. Yeah. Getting yelled at by my dad a lot when yeah. I was a kid, that was basically it. But like, my dad's not even that handy. Now we just have us to yell at each other. Yeah. Yeah. We're building a bus off of YouTube. Yeah. So yeah, take us through that process because you guys have your nine to fives and I'm assuming Chris isn't working on it when you guys are at work. So 
You know how? What they're in the buzz every and day. And finally, you know? someone calls him out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris, what's up? All right, all right. So you're saying I'm not pulling my weight around here? Okay. All right. All right. Well, no. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I'd love to hear you. Like how this is progressing and and how the work is divided amongst all three of you. All right. Chris is on Gatorade duty. (laughs) Um, And then David and I, well, we used to work in the same building. So we did a lot of um, thinking about it and planning it. And we were basically in our minds thinking about it for well over a year before we actually even bought the bus. So we were like, oh, man, this would be cool. This has been the idea for like two years. Yeah. So like, we, you know, we, we pass it back and forth. What would we do? This and that. And then uh, and then we ended up just jumping in and, and buying it. And then kind of like, yeah, like, you know, we've seen all the videos and, you know, we know that like there are tutorials for each next step. But whenever we get to that step, that's kind of like when we learn what we have to do and then we kind of like attack it. Fucking love this guy. I love the ambition and just like the sheer to sort of do it yourself attitude. Um, Can you do it yourself? But also, like, asking the whole world for help. Oh, yeah. And, and that, like, we're getting help by a bunch of people. Yeah. And that, yeah. the thing is with, like, with dudes and especially old dudes and old Latin dudes, yeah. everyone has a different idea. And everyone's idea is kind of right. They're yeah. all like, no, this is what you should do. And ba da ba 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 you know. And mm. So you're just left with three choices. Yeah. You're, you're like, always you always have, like, nine choices. And you have to just pick one and kind of, like, keep moving in, in a direction. Yeah. Um, can you get just so the audience gets like a realistic perspective on like how much the bus costs? Can you give us some numbers on that and like what you plan on putting into the bus to make this actually livable? All right. So we spent all in all uh, $3,000 to purchase the, the school bus itself. Right. So that was like the bus that was, you know, kind of like uh, our trip to up to Orlando. And we had to buy new batteries for the bus. Um, and, uh, and registering for it, it was, uh, $3,000 for the bus itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a, 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 a rough estimate of like about $20,000, like into the, like for us to put into the bus, like that includes the price of the bus. Okay. So 17 to like renovate it and things like that. Um, but like what I originally, when we were thinking about it and like planning it, we were like, okay, let's let's just kind of round up to thirty thousand dollars, and then it's like ten thousand dollars each. That's like an easy way to like think about it, start saving, you know. So like, you know, you know, like we've got that, you know, like kind of like saved up and we're saving. But when we found the right bus, we we jumped in and we ended up we started the project. So we didn't wait till we had like the full like you know ten thousand saved up, but we were like. That's our. That was our mindset. No, I love it. I think that's a great way to think about it. Yeah, 30, 10 each, thirty thousand. Where's the? Where does the bus live? Does it sit in like your front yard at one of your houses or? Uh, the backyard of my house. Yeah. Yeah. And which, now Chris proves his worth. Yeah, yeah. Which was which was the. It worked out very well. Like like I was sort of was thinking about like the whole time we were talking about it. I had sort of pictured it in my backyard because I knew we had the space or whatever. Um, but. So these guys bought the bus and didn't even tell me first. Uh, they sort of uh, surprised me with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I didn't even end up telling my parents I owned a bus until I was like, oh, by the way, we're parking it here. Because we were looking at places to rent to like put it, and it was just really expensive to like yeah. rent rent 
a ha- like a place yeah, a like a lot yeah or we go to like random dudes like backyards and they're like it fits here and i'm like yeah just the bus like, yeah you know, it, we barely, go walk in front it of barely me. fits yeah so chris what'd your parents say when the bus pulled up and you just parked it so uh <laughs> It took like three days. It like it was we didn't we didn't just drive the bus down. Uh, we had to leave it there. So we came back after seeing the bus for the first time, and I told them that I owned it. And after uh, like a a conversation, I'm gonna call it. Uh, uh, it was like Chris right. weathered the storm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I did fight that storm head on. I was like, this is what's gonna happen, or whatever, because it's, yeah, it's yeah. the right thing. Chris was against the ropes, dude, but he bounced back. Let me go. So it was like at first, my death is like. Oh, you can keep it here, like until you find a place. And then he was just like, "You can just keep it here," and like, which worked out because not only like is it, you know, a good central hub for us, but like we have all the tools here. My, my dad was has worked construction like for a while and stuff, so he has a bunch of tools and a truck that we use. Badass, dude. Yeah, it's nice to have that support. Um, you know, with you know, your families, how do they feel about you all just going full bore into this comedy thing? Are they supportive? Yeah. I mean, mine is, you know, it's not what, like, if they wrote the book of my life, they they didn't, they wouldn't have written that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. no they definitely all, I'm, I'm sure all of our parents weren't thrilled. They would have made an edit and ripped yeah, yeah, this yeah. chapter out for sure. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's, my parents have been as, as like, pretty supportive yeah Yeah. they haven't been like in my way and like anytime that i ask for help on something they'll give it so yeah it's just you know it was like like telling them about it and then like you know i was in law school and then i left law school because i was just like there's no point in being here you know it's just like the moments of doing those things were difficult but i mean you know your parents love you they'll adapt so you were in law school and then you're like i'm giving up law school to become a comedian well like the summer before like i went into like the actual law school so i got accepted i hadn't done anything yet and i did stand up over the summer before going into law school and then i was just in law school not really thinking about law school and then everything just felt like school again and i don't know i just felt like childish almost so just so i wanted to go be an adult and tell jokes yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. i want to have beers with my friends yeah yeah the real Thinkers. <laughs> David, that was the most profound thing I think anyone has ever said on my podcast, to be honest. <laughs> that law school felt almost childish, and you were going to go out and do what you really wanted, man. Thank you for saying that. Oh, cool, man. Yeah. That's, that's beautiful. Yeah, you need to tell these guys my worth and what I yeah, say. Yeah, you're, you're like, you're like, uh, you're like, uh, what, like one of these mm. philosophers, but like, if, yeah. you, if you got fucked up, all I'm the like time. a fortune cookie, but I'm also the impression of a guy who would. You're like more. the in between of a fortune cookie yeah. and a jello shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna go individually now, uh, Sebastian. Like, what is it about comedy that's so alluring to you? Is it just that one laugh that just fills you with tons of like joy? What, what's what? Why comedy? What makes you so enthusiastic about it? Yeah, I don't. I was always obsessed with it. Uh, so like, as like a middle schooler, high schooler, I spent a lot of time, like I don't know, like you know, just in my room at night watching uh, Comedy Central and like those Comedy Central presents on like Fridays and stuff. And I was obsessed with it. Like I wanted, I don't know, like I always wanted either work. I, I would get free tickets to go to the improv too in high school, and I would just go all the time because they were just trying to like have people buy drinks. So. I started going to the improv all the time. I loved it, you know? And then I think with anything, you just start imitating those people. And 
I like I would watch so many that like I knew jokes that you know other people didn't know. So that's kind of how you became cool. Like you know you show up and you just steal someone's joke. Hey and, guys, welcome to cool school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know I would like imitate. I would mimic and I would kind of like you know steal comics jokes and that was a way to like feel cool and stand out and have people like you even though you're kind of like you know kind of like weird or whatever. And then. Um, in senior year of like high school, I wrote like a pretty like there was like a scene like a roast at the end of the year where you like kind of roast uh, the teachers. It was kind of like a play, and like uh, my high school girlfriend was like the president, so she like got me to write it. She was like, "You should do that." So I did it, and the teachers were like, "That was hilarious," even though I was like roasting them. So I thought like, "Oh, I can kind of do this. I think I can do comedy. I don't really know in what capacity." And then I met David, and you know many you know couple years after that and he was like oh there's like these shows i had already done like stand up twice but i didn't do it for like over almost a year and then i met david and he was like oh there's like these shows here and here and here and then kind of like now that i know someone who's doing it i kind of like you know oh, i can start doing it now and and uh i i just been doing it ever since do you think you like writing as much as you like the stand-up part yeah, yeah. I went to school. Uh, I didn't finish. Like, I got like a. a I like went one time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've never been good at school. I've always been trying to like skip school, and then I carried that like mentality into college when you're like paying for it. And I was like, hey, I didn't go to school today. I was like, oh, I just lost money. But yeah, like I don't know. I've, I was never into school, and but I liked. I went to film school, and I liked writing scripts. And it was yeah, again, like I don't know. I I, I did it, and I was kind of good at it. So when you'd proofread other people's work in those writing classes. Like, you know, when people laugh at yours and people are kind of going like, oh, you should read this one. I don't know. It's cool. So, like, it's another way to, like, feel cool and, and stand out. Rad. Yeah. How about you, David? Uh, Question being, like, what what do you love so much about comedy? Like, what why, why does it fill your soul with so much Yeah, the, the laughing, you know, there's, like, uh, like, I feel like you can always, like, doubt stuff, you know, so then you want to, like, you feel alive through like your feelings and shit and then laughing is a feeling that not only does it like it feels like it pushes you forward or something like you get over something or whatever but it's just something you can attach to that feels real you know because it's just like when i when you're thinking about what to do with your life and shit you can always doubt whatever like path you give yourself and be like is it this is that whatever while like if you just follow the laughs though like life seems to be pretty fun follow the laughs the philosopher (laughs) david i love it hey about how about you chris uh yeah. Hold up, Chris just zoomed back <laughs> yeah. into reality. Okay, okay. So, Chris, Chris does this thing where he likes backs, yeah. he zones out into yeah. the void. Well, you know how you have you can have an out of body experience. <laughs> Chris has an into body experience. Exactly. So sometimes he just fucking disappears, <laughs> and when you call him, he zips back yeah, to yeah, it. You see him. That's perfect. I'll, yeah, I'll just ask the same question. So, what is it about comedy, Chris, that just fills you with so much joy that you want to keep doing it? I love stand-up. Uh, I definitely partly, like I, well, like I said earlier, I always love stand-up. But in a, in, in a real way, I, I think it's the job that I can actually really do the best, you know? Because it, 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 everything else, I would need a lot of help. Whereas stand-up, it's literally just me, jokes, and a microphone. And I really appreciate, like, there's no other factor other than that, you know? So I, I feel like it's it's actually a really tangible thing that I can do as a blind person. <laughs> Whereas like everything else I would need help and I would feel weird about that for sure. And I, and I 
it is definitely the laughs too. You know, just just writing something that like bang, people, yeah, yeah, people fuck with. Because mm. and I've gotten more out of comedy than I ever really expected to get. You know, yeah. Uh, I I expected. How else were you gonna feel boobs, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I I just mean like. To, to have been accepted into the community as hard as I was and like for, for these two guys that I thought were the funniest people uh, to want to take me on a bus ride across the country like I could have never imagined that when I started because I always like sort of expected to, to just be looked at as like the blind comic and I just ended up just becoming like a comic comic you know have your parents Chris ever come to your shows Ah, I dude, I avoid that super hard. No, <laughs> but they they do Google my name, and sometimes promoters will put up videos or whatever, and I just I don't even know it, and then they'll start quoting jokes at me, and I <laughs> run away. <laughs> That's so rad, dude. Thank you for the honest answers, guys. I appreciate it. Um, so you got what another year? June of next year is when you plan on having the bus completed and hitting the road. Um, can you be candid about how much you plan on saving? Cause you're not really working as you do this. I mean, this is, you're going to just live off your savings and try to make a little here and there as you go. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is where we improvise. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, that's because basically we've been, um, doing, you know, taking each obstacle as they come and that's a future obstacle. <laughs> But yeah, you know, I mean, we've like talked about like there's like different jobs you can take through apps and stuff. You know, there's like a gig economy that you can work off of. There's, you know, there's like things that you can write for online. And, you know, that we've had friends who've done it who are like we would ask for references or something like that. But in terms of a concrete answer, what we're actually going to do, uh, we're writing off savings right now. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm thinking that like uh, the bus, I, I want to try and build it for around 20 to like. You know, I mean, it's always you always have to plan for it, it things being more. So like twenty to twenty four thousand um, dollars, and then yeah, I'd like to have I don't know, like me just personally, maybe like another ten thousand dollars in savings probably or or close to that. But but the thing is, I don't know. We we went to a tiny house festival a weekend ago and uh, last week, and um, we were talking to all the people there. And just the attitude that you get from all these people that it's like if you wait till you have the perfect scenario to like get out there, you'll never do it. You know, everyone's bus is always at some stage of completion. It's not complete. Everything is needing something repaired. You know, you you, you people like find places to stay. Uh, there's like places you can work uh, apps, you know, that allow like work. So I don't know. I feel like I'm we're confident in that, like. We know that we can eventually figure out those answers when we get to like that step. But uh, yeah, there's like remote jobs, like customer service, kind of like call yeah. center jobs that like maybe we can get like part time, yeah. you know. But the main goal is to minimize, you know, yeah. need less, you know. If we can go and somewhere and then make money, yeah, doing stand up. And well, that's what a lot stand-up, of building a YouTube channel that we've just started, you know, you know, uh, eventually doing merch of some sort. Like a lot of other co- a lot of other comics make money on the road. Yeah. You know, like we we haven't done that yet. But there's a lot of comics that throughout Florida, throughout the South, places where like a lot of big comedians don't go to, they pay like like small time comedians like us. Yeah. So it's like there's Miami comics that make money on the road. It's not a lot of money, but they they make it happen. Yeah. So we're not trying to need a lot of money. Yeah, that's the main goal. Try not try to need less. 
No, I love it. Have you guys considered like trying to take your your talents to like a foreign country? Like the Asian comedy scene is blowing up right now, and you know you can live off of like six hundred bucks a month there easily, like like a king. Yeah, I mean, I have friends who taught English in Thailand and stuff, and you know you're out here teaching kids for twenty hours a week, and you have a maid in yeah. your beach apartment. It's fucking wild. Yeah, it's kind of a backdoor, I feel like. I mean, because it's pretty cutthroat in America, the comedy scenes and the major hubs that you'll be going to. And, you know, like I have a lot of friends who are, you know, at the forefront of these comedy scenes around the world that are in these kind of up and coming arenas. And it's kind of a cool way to think about maybe hey, getting myself famous in Asia first and then coming into the American scene. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's like two uh, Miami comics in, I think, China right now, right? Yeah. 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 There's two. Um so, uh, Freddie and, uh, Ethan. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, so, but I don't know. Like, I think it's like, uh, do, do what you can where you are, you know? So like right now I have a job right now. I've got a place to stay. I've got a bus. I've got a bus, you know, like, uh, we, we can't put floaties on the bus. and Yeah. Yeah. But I would love to, man, like, I don't know. I want to just use the bus as kind of like a jumping off point to just go anywhere, go everywhere. You know, like if we're making, if we can figure out a way to make some money off of content or to like, you know, need very little money so that our savings can like carry us on, you know, like, yeah, man, I, I want to see the whole world. Yeah. I don't know. No, no limits. Absolutely. I love what you said, Sebastian. <laughs> Do you like- <laughs> yeah, dude. Company on Mars. <laughs> Yeah, Sebastian, you said something nice. I want the audience just to re- I want to reiterate it for the audience. You know, do what you can where you are. Like that's that means a lot, I think, for people out there who are, you know, stuck in a life situation they don't know how to get out of, and it's like they they have ambitions to do something big, but they don't know how to start. And it's just like do what you can where you are. That's where you start. You know, that's the starting point. One step in front of the other. It's the same thing with comedy or like any artistic endeavor. Like I don't know wherever you you're at. There is a big city near you and there's young people in that big city and they have a scene of whatever you're doing. So it's like the idea of like, well, I got to to be a comic or to be an artist or whatever thing you're doing. I got to go to the New York or the L.A.s of like wherever the world like wherever you're at, there's a there's a comedy scene. So you just have to like tap into it and then you'll see that those people actually go to these other cities you know and they and they perform there too so and also we're saying all of this while building a bus to get the fuck out from where <laughs> <Yeah>. we are <laughs> yeah yeah except yeah. miami don't come here <laughs> we're coming to a city near you <laughs> <laughs> um this is dope guys and just real quick with a you know somebody out there for example chris if you can answer this one who wants to take that first step into a life um that they're maybe afraid of the outcome they don't know how to how to do it you know and they're in a similar situation to you what would you say to them to just just do it uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nike baby <laughs> no uh uh it, i mean it, it really is just getting out there and doing it but like the the key thing that i found to, to what it was was i did it for a whole year before i talked to anybody you know i just would show up at like one place and would do it that one place all year and then what really got me working and moving was when I started meeting comics and becoming friends with them. And then I started going to more shows with them and then building relationships. Like just be around the people you want to be around, you know? Like, so uh, if you want to do anything, you should just try to get in the door and, and like once you're in, don't, don't let them take you out, you know, don't leave. <laughs> okay. So you're a little social climber. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, absolutely. They say that, you know, you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. <laughs> Telling you, bro, I, I just would listen to your guys' conversation. And I was like, all right, how do I get into those conversations, yeah, dude? Yeah, Chris, yeah. Chris the hot girl trying to get VIP. For sure, dude. <laughs> David, what would you say to somebody out there who wants to, you know, take that first step into the unknown? Uh, I mean, you know, you're not happy where you are. <laughs> so fucking take the step, you know? It doesn't have to be like, that complicated i guess i don't know like when i the first when i thought about doing stand-up it took me a month to do it and then in that month all i did was try to imagine what's the worst it could be so i started reading a whole bunch of stories of comedians bombing and shit and like fucking seeing uh you know either like people who died or whatever or seeing people you know i just wanted to read about failures in the thing that i wanted to do because that's the first thing you think about when you think about something you want to do you think about oh god what if i don't make it or whatever or what if it goes wrong so I don't know, just like really see how wrong it could go and like feel it all. And then like, you're still going to be there and you're still going to be sad where you are. So then make the move, you know? And then, you know, it's not going to be what you imagine. There's going to be new obstacles or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Shit we've all heard before. Just fucking <laughs> just do it. Right. Yeah. But like with that, like with what you just said, like that was why taking the first step on the bus was like. It was easy. Like it wasn't like super difficult to jump into the bus because it was like, well, what's the worst case scenario of this? Yeah. Like we we live on the bus and then the bus breaks down, we can't afford to fix it. Well, we went on a cool adventure for like mm-hmm. a year or yeah. whatever, however long it lasted. Yeah. Or like, oh, we started building a bus and then we ran out of money, we stopped being friends. Like whatever happened, like that's still a cool. Like I can tell my kids one day, like, yo, you know what? I almost built a bus yeah. one day. Like I almost. <laughs> It. You at least have a story. Well, that's, yeah, that's not gonna happen. Right? That's not. It's happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not where this blind dude was. <laughs> I realized I left him in Texas. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. It's uh, Scheme Supreme, right? And the audience can find you on YouTube or Instagram. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Instagram, uh, Scheme Supreme underscore. Yeah. Or underline. Underscore. Underscore. Right, right. And then YouTube, Scheme Supreme. Yeah. We have a podcast. Uh, we do like silly kind of like man on the street, like interview videos, you know, we try to get Chris laid. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, gentlemen. Well, thank you. And when you guys get that bus belt and you, you hit your first, uh, stop on the road, why don't you come back on the show and tell the audience how it's all going? Ooh, Dude, that'd be cool, man. Really well. Excellent. Thanks, man. All right. Thank you for your time. Thanks, David. Awesome. Thank you, Sebastian, David, and Chris for coming on, sharing your stories, sharing your motivations with us and just really inspiring us to get out there and do what we want in such a unique, cool way. I mean, I think it's badass that you're all going to build this bus, get in it, and then drive around the country trying to be comedians. Again, it's just hats off to you for just taking responsibility for your life, designing it in the way you want, and going after your dreams of being comedians. That's awesome. Please remember, if you're a first-time listener, to hit that subscribe button. If you would rate this podcast with five stars, that would mean the world to me. Commenting on it as well is awesome. Remember that not all podcast players allow you to rate and comment, but if you are on one that does, it would mean the world to me if you took the time to just yeah rate and comment. Give me five stars and give me some feedback on what you think of the podcast and maybe even who you are and, and what's motivating you to keep listening and hopefully share this message with people out there that you might think it might help. And thank you again for showing up week after week, getting as inspired as I do by all these interesting, unique people around the world that I continue to interview. I think you all are so very beautiful, and I hope that you are making those moves, taking those steps, and designing the life that you've always wanted. And I'll see you next week. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Misfits and Rejects. I hope this inspires you to think about your life situation, where you're at, and possibly make a big decision to 
choose something different for yourself if you're unhappy with where you're at in life. I hope these people that I interview inspire you to go out, spread your wings, and try something new. To live a different lifestyle that maybe your whole life people were telling you was the wrong one, but when in fact it, it's the perfect one for you. And I'll see you next time.